you know, I even heard an investor one time say that just to underscore the importance of entrepreneurial resilience and just resilience in general is, hey, don't come pitch to me until you can tell me about two or three big failures you've had. Right. Because what they want to say is like, do you have the ability to get back up, dust yourself off, try something different? Because we're, we're going to all fail at some stuff that we try. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of the nature of how it goes in entrepreneurship. So right. do you have the ability to keep driving pivot when you need to, be creative, but have that entrepreneurial resilience that I think is based on back to, are you passionate? Do you believe in what you're doing? You know, et cetera. Hi, this is Stuttering Your Way to Success with Eric Weir, and my special guest today is Brian Davis. He's Executive Director of the Hill Institute at Furman University. What is the Hill Institute? Well, Eric, it's great to be here with you today. Um, In short, the Hill Institute is an entity that's based on helping people launch successful blank. And we like to fill in that blank, but ultimately, the goal is can we create an entrepreneurial mindset? Because I believe that's what's going to be effective in uh, wherever you go in life. Why are entrepreneurs so important in the U.S. or, or, or South Carolina? Well, I'll answer it from the U.S. first. Okay. And you'll appreciate this with all the business experience you've had, is that it's no surprise when you look at the data that uh, as an aggregate, small businesses, startups, entrepreneurs are the source of new, net new job creation in the entire U.S. Um, and so in my world uh, view, if you will, is the critical importance of enabling and supporting startups and new ventures is critical to the economy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. Right, right, yeah. right. Do, do you see an area of, of focus, like it's technology yeah. or it's manufacturing? or I mean, is there a focus or is it kind of across the spectrum? Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to – let's take this snapshot of, of kind of upstate in South Carolina. I mean, we're right. – well, ba- we're extremely diverse economy, but it's yeah. it's uh, significantly based in advanced manufacturing. We, mm-hmm. We've we've got a demonstrated track record of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back to even the textile days. But in terms of what we are seeing, and let's say some of the startup programs that we run, Eric mm-hmm. is um, pretty agnostic. Okay, I mean we're all over the map mm-hmm. um, from scalable brick and mortar, you know, new restaurant concepts to new technologies and ways to leverage AI um, to handle personal data. I mean, we're, we're pretty all over the place, wow. um, honestly. <laughs> what do you see as the biggest st- struggle people come to you for? Like, this is my, this is my yeah. thing. Is there a consistent thing that they need yeah. help with? So, yes. I think one of the keys that I see a lot, do you have an ability to tell and articulate a compelling story? Okay. Like, that is a consistent problem because that affects whether you're a tech startup or whether you're a brick and mortar that's, going to need traditional funding, if you don't have an ability to effectively storytell right. and pitch, mm-hmm. that's hard. Right. And that, so that, I start there, and then there's plenty of other issues that you right, <laughs> find right, from right, that as right, well. Right, right, yeah. Do you have coaching available or training or yeah. modules or books or how do, you, how do you do it? Yeah. So at the Hill Institute, um, in our kind of ecosystem, if you will, um, we have a charge as an institute of the university from university to be both student-facing and in the community. And so we've got programs, startup competitions, pitch competitions, things like that on campus, business boot camps, um, you know, leveraging connections in the community with growth stage companies all around uh, student programming and, and things like that. And um, a nationally unique one we just launched last year is a Clemens Angel Analyst Fellowship. So it's all about mm-hmm. teaching uh, you know, students and kids at Furman 
what are the essentials of due diligence for investing and things like mm -hmm. that. Then if you look at the, the community side of things, um, that's where we get, to, we get to have a lot of fun in that side of things because we're building assets off campus that we then plug students into. So the, the hallmark one right now would be a program called GBL Starts. Mm -hmm. And that's where we run um, on a twice a year up to 25 first-time founders in the area mm. of any type of business, totally agnostic, as mm -hmm. long as they're first-time founders, where we get to run them through all the essential building blocks from ideation to marketing to business modeling to legal to how to pitch, how to raise capital, what type of capital you need, all those kinds of things. And we get to leverage the Furman network. I mean, people like you mm -hmm. that, have, that have a ton of success. Um, they get to come in and say, hey, I can be a resource. I'll make a connection. I'll be a coach, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Is there anything else? I mean, is there anything like the Hill Institute anywhere else that you're, that you're aware Nowhere of? Nowhere in the world. <laughs> Nowhere in the world, Eric. <laughs> no. Um, uh, no. So, so there is. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a, there's a number of universities that have programs, some type of innovation program. Now, I would be... They're not as good as the Hill Institute. I would say they're, they're not yeah, as good. Yeah. No, no. Here's, here's what I, a phrase that I've had that maybe answers your questions. Right. Um, I'm a big believer in a term that I've coined, I don't know if it makes sense, called accidental innovation, right? which is the idea of, hey, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I think this is going to serve a purpose and a goal and create right. benefit and value. Sure, We're sure. going to try it. Right. Instead of just saying, well, what does every other university do? Right, right, right. Like, Let's try some things ourselves, and every now right. and then we bump right. into stuff that's kind of cool. Right, right. Yeah. So, so what drives you? I, so I was just having lunch with somebody earlier. It's funny you say that. Uh, we were talking about that. Uh, one, I'm an achiever by just DNA, just how God made me. Uh, mm -hmm. I like to achieve. I like to grow. I like to build. Um, I'm a big champion of relationships and building mm -hmm. positive relationships that add value. Um, and I have ADD <laughs> for sure. It's like I get, <laughs> I like to launch. With it, right? yeah. yeah, I like to launch, try things, you know, yeah, explore yeah. stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, Eric, that's um, that's a question I do um, answer sometimes. Is I think I really care about what we're doing and helping you know, uh, grow economies through entrepreneurship. Hmm. Yeah. What do you see as, as a reason that people are choosing the state of, of South Carolina to, yeah. to do business in? Well, I'll, I'll rewind back to some days I spent with the Department of Commerce or working with, I should say, the Department of Commerce. In case you're listening, I was not an employee there. <laughs> uh, but no, working with them, some of their economic development agencies, and we were trying to recruit companies in when I was spending time in health tech uh, space. And when we were trying to recruit new healthcare companies into the area, um, the things that we would hear is rich collaboration currency okay. um, in, this, in this state, really great business-driven uh, business incentives. Now, we've got some work to do on how we incentivize startups and smaller, but that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and a, the feeling, this was an anecdotal reference that came up many times was feeling like a bigger fish in a smaller pond. Mm -hmm. They feel like they could come here, get plugged in, mm. know who they need to know. Right, right, right. And and launch, grow, put up their U.S. subsidiary, whatever it may be. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. You mentioned b b business boot camp. I mean, that, that game's all kinds of like athletics jumping yeah. over this. <laughs> yeah. Know? But what's a, what's a business boot camp? I know the areas, maybe, but what's that like if I, yeah. if I, from experiential perspective? Yeah. If I want to do one of those, I mean, how would I do? I have to be a Furman student, or do I? So, can I be an outsider? Or? Yeah, great question. Um, and we have had plenty of outsiders pitch, try to pitch their way into that. Okay. It, right now, it is focused just on Furman students. Okay. Um, I should go back to saying, uh, just might help set the context for mm -hmm. for our conversation too. Is like our institute is 100% self-funded. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so we depend on donors, sponsors, grants, revenue generation. And so um, we want to be good stewards of the donors' money, let's say, Mm -hmm. for programs we do for students that we keep it to students and honor that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the boot camp would be one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, it's purely firm and student-based. You have to apply. Not everybody gets in. Okay. Uh, and we go three weeks of kind of classroom fundamentals um, for, you know, especially non-business majors, you know, marketing, finance, capital, all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then what we're trying this year, so ask me again next time. We'll see how this worked out. Right, right, right. right is right. Um, we're going to pair up companies, or excuse me, pair up students after they go through this boot camp for the rest of the summer with growth stage companies in the local area mm-hmm. to serve as like kind of uh, little scrum teams, consultants for the rest mm-hmm. of the summer. Uh, so we're working with Next, the organization, to their portfolio of growth stage companies. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. How will chat GPT change things? Oh, I was just having this conversation <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of, you know, if you really want to get, you know, have your out-of-body moments, you're like, does this change the world? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right, it's only right. going to get better faster by its right. nature. Right. Um, I think there's... <laughs> I, I'm not the wizard and predictor of, of, of what that's going to be like. I, don't, I won't claim to be the tech guru on that. But I think what we are seeing is a lot of students are saying, all right, what is it in the workforce of the future, the jobs of the future, that I may just not have to worry about learning? Right. So there's a good side of that, and there's a concerning side of right, that. Right, right, Of right. like, we also say we want people to yeah. be critical thinkers and yeah. observe the world around yeah. them and make the most. Yeah. So it's, it's I will say, in short, it is causing waves. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, no I doubt. think there's a lot of directions that could go, I mean, with the new models released and things are coming out of that. I will confess something to you here is that I literally wrote curriculum for something yesterday just using chat GPT. Right. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to just see how this goes. And it was pretty good. Right. Probably right. better than anything I could do. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, I was this earlier. I was like, what, what should I get for a nine-year-old boy's birthday yeah. party? Would like to, or something like that. What was the person like? It's amazing what it comes up with, and uh, it'll, it'll do scripts and movies. I've, yep. I've funded some movies, and it'll write a script. And I said, yeah. you know, name some characters. It's, it's interesting what it does. Uh, it feels sort of like uh, there used to be a job called an elevator operator, you know. And I imagine there are some jobs right there today. You're like, huh, I may be an elevator operator yeah. where this is not going to be needed. As, as, as much anymore. So it is interesting. I think it creates opportunity, like you're saying, but it's also, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be d- d- different. It's going to, your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah, right. That's well said. Yeah. That's well yeah. said. I think yeah. I heard there was a group I was speaking with in Tampa yesterday called Debut Labs. They're, they're a startup kind of group. And um, they said there was some group down there that was actually joining on and piloting ChatGPT to be the CEO of a company, and oh seeing how that, seeing yeah. how they could right. play with that. Wow! So, yeah. Wow! Stay wow. tuned. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so, 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 let's say I'm listening to this. I'm a budding entrepreneur, but I'm not a Furman student. Yeah. I want to learn. Are there books? Are there resources? Yeah. Or things I could think about? What yeah. Any suggestions? Well, um, outside of you know, the plug, I would say, on just programs that we do that are totally open to the community. Okay. Um, well, that's fine, that's, too. Tell, tell us about those. Well, so that, that would probably be the best starting point. Um, yeah. And it's and so back to that GVL Starts program, um, really top of the funnel stuff, if, if you will, where it's, you know, that's first time found all kinds of different business ideas, some crazy ones, some mm-hmm. some great ones, some that have been successful already, <laughs> some that have been failures. But, but see, like, see, like reading scripts, uh, I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, Perfect right, analogy. Right, so. Right. Um, that's the easiest way to plug in, Eric, right. uh, for stuff that we're doing, because from that, we will say, hey, here's some listed podcasts that you should check out. Here's some books to check out. Um, 
but that gets you plugged into really the three things that I, I see mm-hmm. a lot of founders needing. Um, and, and this includes students. So this, we have students that come into this program okay. as well, okay. um, if, if they're ready. But the three things are the right training expertise, mm-hmm. the right connections, which I know has, has been a huge part of your success too, and um, access to the right kind of capital. Mm-hmm. And if we can address at some level those how, three How things. do you find capital? I've, I've heard yeah. that a lot. You, you may know we're doing the, actually I'm giving away $30,000 yes. in the 30K power-up. So it's the yeah. first one. Hopefully we'll, yeah. we'll do a lot some more, maybe different prizes. But in this one, and much like what you're doing, and I know we've, we've, we've talked, but it's it's trying to encourage entrepreneurism. Yeah. And yeah. this is really anywhere in the state of South Carolina. Yeah. For any company that has, has had less than $500,000 in funding, uh, we have a contest. You submit a, a, applications, and um, you can find it on my website, ericweir.com, or, or Google at 30K Power Up. But the idea is to in, to encourage people to be entrepreneurial. Yeah. And and the, the prizes are, are there's money prizes, there's also free office uh, space prizes, mm-hmm. and there, there, there's a mentorship. And I had a guest earlier earlier today, and in the application, I was wrongly thinking people were most interested in capital because it's so hard mm-hmm. to find capital in a in, in certain times for business. But they were actually most interested in, in the mentorship. Yeah. So who were your mentors? Yeah. Um, well, we have a large rotating list and. Side note, plug uh, <laughs> for for your 30k power up too is that um, we actually have a few people that have been graduates from this startup program we run that I know are going to be applying for that as oh, well. Oh, great, so, great, yeah. Great. Thanks for providing another resource for them. Oh, sure, uh, sure. But um, yeah, so mentors we source really from a variety of ways: um, firm and alumni network, mm-hmm. people people like yourself who are connected to it that just have rich. It's all about smashing different Venn Venn diagrams of social capital together, really. Mm-hmm. So. You know, great prominent alumni, um, entrepreneurs in and around the area who have a vested interest in the area mm-hmm. that have had some exits, some success to come in and say, hey, don't do not do that. Trust me. Or, hey, do this. Meet this person. Um, and then so, so totally may have no affiliation with Furman, mm-hmm. but just have an affiliation with success, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the last is some of our program sponsors and partners. So mm-hmm. Some of them may be service providers or maybe in investments themselves. And we say, hey, this is your space. Like, let's say, a SCRA or Truist Foundation or mm-hmm. uh, folks like that, Venture South, to send some folks to come be a part of and sh- you know, sharing how, how they're thinking about investing and, and growing companies and things like that. What do you hope to do? You have goals of what you're trying to accomplish. Like, I'm the executive yeah. director yeah. of the Hill Institute. It seems yeah. like, you know, overhearing a conversation, you're not putting it in short hours, right? It's long hours. Yeah. Long days, demands. Yeah. So, what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, there's, there's a number of things that I think about. I'd say one tagline I'm a big fan of, like, give me something short and sweet. So, a short and sweet. Can we help launch and accelerate 500 ventures over the next five years? Okay. Wow. Well. Um, so we're at right now, just as a point of reference, uh, we had, uh, over 60 last year that we, I could put into that category of helping launch or meaningfully accelerate. Um, I'm, I, I know I went to Clemson as undergrads, so my math might be off. That's not 500 if you multiply that, <laughs> but, um, I think we're on a trajectory to, to do that. Right. Um, that would be one just like big metric. Okay. Um, the other I would say is, can we at Furman and Hill Institute have national recognition for the stuff that we're doing in this space um, and be a go-to, at least in the Southeast region where Furman has kind of a rich connectivity, um, to be the place to um, recruit entrepreneurially minded students, people that may already have ventures say, where do you wanna go? 
Furman better be on that list that you're thinking about. Right. So that's kind of a softer metric of something I want to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. What do you want? You know, um, when you meet when you meet entrepreneurs or, or, or startups, how often are they thinking of, of just quitting at some point in the process? Like, <laughs> I've had it. I want to quit. Yeah. I want to do something else. I mean, do you hear that a lot? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do, Eric. Uh, what, what do you what do you, what yeah. do you tell them? Um, well, there's the there's the nice response, yeah, encouraging response, and then there's the tempered. Uh, well, maybe it's just in for you then, right? Because right. startups, as you know, <laughs> successful startups are not naturally occurring phenomenons. Is right. A post I talked about recently on, right. on on social media, and um, it takes grit and hustle, right? And you got to be willing to put that in, and right. if you're not then maybe don't, then I would say don't, don't <laughs> torture yourself telling right. yourself you're going to yeah, they're, they're very hard. One statistics that I've read recently, and I've heard, you know, mild variations on one side or the other, but 80% of startups fail the first five years. Oh, yeah. yeah. And those that make it, another 80% the next five years. Yeah. And that's like 4%. Now I don't know how they're defining making it, but, but you know, but yeah. but it's it's a it's it's not a high number. Yeah. But I think when you start with you know what you're doing the Hill Institute and preparation and planning, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference. Most startups I think just come from an idea with very little planning, yeah. a lot of hustle, a lot of yeah. desire, and not a lot of thoughtfulness. Agreed. Do you have like a, a, a few go tos you would tell somebody? You know, if I'm thinking, you, you mentioned about articulate, but I'll tell a story. Is there anything else that, that yeah. you, you think it would be necessary ingredients yeah. for a startup? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the network effect on things, right? Um, so, you know, um, I think you got to take a hard look at what are the uh, social resources, if you will, that you have mm-hmm. or that you need. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I'm starting a business and I come to you, you have no idea who I am, have no history of anything. And like, hey, Eric, I heard you're doing cool stuff and supporting startups and you've done stuff and you have money. Um, support my business. And you're like, OK, whoa, 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 slow down, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you need to. So being able to say, hey, if I know somebody that knows you and how can I work to get prepped to know what's going to resonate with you mm-hmm. or how do I need to approach that? So um, I'd say. Uh, in some ways, like recognizing how to play your social cards is really important um, mm-hmm. aspect of, of, of ingredient there. Um, just from my own small world of experience um, and understanding, I would say a, a big miss on a more business technicality standpoint would be <laughs> usually underestimating most <laughs> first time founders I work with usually vastly underestimate the capitalization they're going to need to get to that first milestone success. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, I've heard I've heard uh, I heard a friend of mine would say it it, it, it always always costs more than you think it takes yeah. longer than you think and it's harder than you think yeah so uh, w- with those three maybe truisms mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> finding capital can be very scary you know you yeah. go to the bank and you realize that banks are lenders yep they're not really investors they want to be paid back they don't share on the upside so when you go to a bank say I want to borrow money for a startup they they ask like how much equities in your house. Yep. They ask questions like, uh, can you have a relative cosign and what's yeah. their house worth? So yeah. it's uh you're kind of all in, right? So yeah. you're, you're going, you're, you're going in that way. Is there a difference between pitching an investor for, for a loan who are, you know, you have in, in our town, we have venture South, you have, yeah. you, have, you have venture companies, you have angel investors, yeah. you know, maybe walk us through from a, what's an angel investor, what's a venture capitalist and, 
family money or is yeah. there or, or a bank? Is there is there advantage or disadvantages with any of those in your in your mind? Yeah, great question. So that's a topic we do explore a lot and we hit actually a couple of nights talking about just that and part of our startup program that we do for students and in the community. And what I have seen at least as common threads are um, I'll answer it a couple different ways. First would be, you know, whether it's equity based investment or debt based invest investment you're talking about both are going to look generally at the same kind of stuff, which is the five C's that you hear often in banks, you know, your character, your collateral, your credit conditions, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, investors look at the same thing really, mm -hmm. um, in general. Mm -hmm. Um, so understanding the common baseline is, is great, but then you got to understand like, do you actually need equity investing? Cause that's frankly really expensive. If you don't need it, don't get it. But right. th so that's back to like understanding the capitalization needed to, to grow and, and, and start. Um, the other thing is, is you can really mess yourself up bad, <laughs> both legally and just from a practical launch point financial perspective. If you, let's say, have a bunch of do the wrong thing on a crowdfunding thing and then go pitch to VC because you're an equity based high skill startup. Well, they're going to look at your cap table, not to get too in the weeds on that well, and be mean. like, hey, whoa, whoa, what's all this mess over here? And they're not going to touch it because of something that happened over there. And so like having some base level education of like understanding one, are you going to need equity-based investment? Because that's going to put you on a different pathway of how you set yourself up. Or are you going to be more traditional debt-based SBA loans, lending institutions? Right. So that's, that's a good thing to start understanding of. No doubt. On. I had someone come yeah. to me maybe two weeks ago and they were going to sell – 60% uh, of their business on their very first round. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. Wow. Yeah, I said, stop. Don't do that, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. I said, before I say stop, tell me about your investors. Do they have connections in your mm -hmm. field? Do mm -hmm. they have resources? Mm -hmm. Do they have expertise? Is there more capital behind yes. it? Can you buy them out? I'm like, well, I didn't think of any of that. Well, just let me know. And what they ended up saying is they're not experts in the field. Yeah. In fact, they just like the person. So they're going to give them, you know, eight hundred mm. money to just buy sixty percent of their business, and you're like, will you ever need more money in the future? Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> okay, well that's going to be a problem, yeah, you know, because you've sold it. And you know, I think for some people just watching the show, Shark Tank could be mm -hmm. very educational, you know, in, in learning what they look for. But but you have to main, maintain your equity, you're sparing with. It's very expensive because it's a yes. partner, right? And partners. I heard, I heard someone uh, say the only ship that doesn't float is a partnership. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm going to have to steal that. <laughs> I'm going to steal that one. I like it. <laughs> but, 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 you know, they're, they're great partnerships also, right? Yeah. They're, they really yeah. are. But, but there are some that don't work out so well. And I think the, the idea is, you know, how do you maintain equity, maintain vision, consistency? Yeah. And, you know, just about anybody says if you have too, too many chefs in the kitchen, it, it, it spoils the, yeah. the stew. So your point of SBA loans, how do you find SBA loans? I mean, how do you do that yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. So, so a big part of um, – part of I'll step back and say part of what we're doing at our institute at Furman um, is to have an accurate inventory of the assets around us and, and resources, one of which would be that. So specifically, let's say that Community Works is a great um, uh, SBA lender. There's um, – uh, First Community Bank. I mean, there's a handful of some in the area that mm -hmm. pride themselves with a focused track record and success rate of SBA loans. Mm -hmm. So part of that's just us getting out and 
getting to know who's who's playing in that space. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. Do, do SBA loans? I guess they're 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 backed by the government. Are mm-hmm. they have advantageous terms over just a traditional loan? Usually, it's, you know, I'm or, not. I, I won't right. claim to be an SBA expert, right, but right. my understanding of it is that it's basically, um, it's you could get a loan. It's going to be a little bit higher interest rate than, let's mm-hmm. say, if you had qualified for a traditional loan. Right. But it's for people that otherwise weren't going to qualify for a traditional loan. Mm-hmm. So they realize there's some risk, and that's reflected in, in some of the interest that's attached mm-hmm. to it, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever come in one day and just want to throw your hands up and say, I'm done? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did that as a joke one time to my team, and I said, hey, guys, I'm out. Yeah. Um, Peace out yeah, right? It's been fun, but I'm, yeah. I'm out. Um, I've, I've finally got on something big. Um, no, I, I honestly love what I do, Eric. Yeah. I, I'll, we, have a, we have a lot of fun. Right, um, right, right. We have a really positive culture, and right. at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy – I realize that, that now everyone gets to do something that they would wake up and say, I enjoy it. I can honestly say that. That's great. Um, That's great. And so, so I, I love what I do. I love what we get to be a part of. And we have an, an awesome team that laughs and jokes and you know, has some fun together while we're doing it. That's great. So, so businesses, when businesses start, is it usually just one? Are they usually sole practitioners? Or do yeah. you have like three people? And, yeah. and, and how quickly do companies – I know it's different businesses would grow at different rates, but – I mean, do you, do you see growth c- yeah. coming w- with, with folks? And how do you manage, go from, you know, version 1.0 to yeah. version 2 or 3? You know, how do you do that? Great question. Uh, I'll let you know when I figure it out. No. I, uh, <laughs> That's I'll right. tell, I'll tell why you. I'm asking, right? Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to share that publicly here. That's my, no. Um, you know, part, part of what I see in that is, to, yes, to your point, different, you know, companies based on their tech or their assets are going to grow at different rates naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, what I have seen is that um, if you have a co-founder, and there's, I'm sure there's plenty of data and stats on this, but I always encourage people to find a co-founder that has complementary different uh, skill sets. Okay, that's good. That's, that's, that just takes you further. It's even back to the question you were asking earlier of when you want to throw in the towel, having somebody else that's got skin in the game with you right. say, oh, we can do this. Or, right. or you both are like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so this is bad. Jump, right? yeah, um, right. Right. But I think that's that's really important and right. has a, a strong um, indicator on success and the speed of success that, that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Um, so it's all over. I don't know if that answered exactly your question. No, but, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Is there a characteristic that, that, that resonates you know, consistently with people yeah. who achieve? Uh, relentless. Relentless. Okay, that's just the first word that comes to mind. Yeah, that's a good one. That's strong. Yeah, um, no matter what it takes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, office one of the great entrepreneurs, Elon Musk. You hear like he thought he had what a one or two percent chance of Tesla being a success, yeah. but he did it because it was fun. Yeah, and he knew he would go all in. And now look at it now. It's it's it's, it's amazing to see. But relentless. I hear that. I hear that a lot. The yeah. the uh, inability to to quit, surrender. Uh, also, what I hear a lot about is is it's important to like from what you're saying is is know what you know because how would you yeah. know to get somebody else but know yeah. what you don't know. How do you find that person that's like, you know, that's, that's what you, that's your, the yin to your yang, so to speak, that's, in business? Honestly, that's a challenge. Like I have, I mean, I'm curious what your perspective is on that. Yeah. I have personally walked through that very real, almost linchpin, you know, jump off point challenge with a number of, of founders, mm-hmm. some recently, um, that, that, you know, need a tech founder. And, and it's hard because you network, you go, hey, there's this tech group over here. Here's these tech founders I know. You talk to all of them. Right. You buy a lot of beers for people. Right. And then you still end up with nobody that's willing to jump off and take the same risk that you're taking. Right. Um, at that stage of business. Like, that's, that's a legitimate challenge that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, 
and maybe that'll be a venture I'll start one day. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But I think, I mean, leverage the heck out of your network. Um, but I would say do that, like when you're at the idea stage, because once you get to the point where you're like, oh gosh, I really could use this. And it's not something that you think could be fractional that you can intelligently kind of mm-hmm. parse, mm-hmm. parse out, mm-hmm. then that's a that's a really tough point. You might be one of those statistics you were mentioning earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I think one thing I'm learning in, in business as I grow and do more businesses is the power of outsourcing. Yeah. Because I really didn't understand that 10 years ago, mm-hmm. outsourcing. Are, are you seeing that the? it seems as though the – the newer entrepreneur, they seem to be starting with with a with a with a broader toolbox, so to speak. Yeah. Like they're they're thinking of ChatGPT. They're thinking of outsourcing. Yeah. They're thinking of, of you know of of, of collaboration. Mm-hmm. So are, are you seeing more of that? And are are you seeing people being being more flexible and yeah. versatile in in their in, in their ambition? Yeah, I mean, well, there's there's. A couple of things. I think I should have gone back and re skipped my answer and say chat GPT. <laughs> I mean, there's some version of that at some point that's probably going to help a lot. Right, I mean, right, right. Joking aside, it's probably going to help a lot of things, you know? Right, right. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, back to the, the question you were mentioning on that. I don't know. I, I don't know if I've figured that out, the exact approach to that yet. I need to think on that. Um, but well, I'm, I'm curious if, uh, if you had something specific in mind with kind of what you're asking. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just for, for, for the the yin and the yang. Going back to yeah, that of trying yeah. to f- find people, it's, it's, it seems like the stronger that someone's passion is, yeah, passion seems to act like a like a, it's magnetic. Mm-hmm. And I think going to your sphere group, your friends, and saying, "Here's my vision," yeah, and the more clear your vision can be, the more likely you are, I think, to have people join in and want and want to help. Like yeah. Elon Musk had a singular singular focus. What's interesting with him is if you look at Ford, General Motors, Mercedes, Porsche, even Bentley, everyone, they have an advertising budget. Yep. Uh, he, he said, we will never spend right. a dollar on advertising. We're going to spend the money they spend on advertising on, on quality control and product, and we'll make our product better. Mm-hmm. So we'll have, we'll have, we'll have a, a word of mouth. And it's interesting. I think, I think passion, and you, you said it this way, you're like being able to, to tell the story, yeah. you know, to articulate. I think, I think that's very powerful. I was c- contacted just a couple of days ago. I said it before we came on. It was kind of kind of funny. I get this um, Instagram, these pictures of these two little girls, right? They're called the Lemonade Twins, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. they said, we're yeah. applying to your 30, 30K power up. We'll see you soon. You know, I'm like, they're just, Love it. they're in there, man. And yeah. then they had, I went to their page and they have like, Page after page of these girls, these really cute girls with like people saying with people just they're hustling lemonade, big yeah. shirts. I mean, they're they're going all in, and I'm like, it's the energy, and you see yeah. the energy in their eyes. You just yeah. want to help them. You want to be part of that, and I think that's what people as entrepreneurs need to find. And you said you said passion. You're passionate about. And you also said relentless. Yeah. So if you can match clarity with passion, and and then be, with being relentless, and what Elon Musk said was was, was is be uh, it just was Jeff Bezos. He said, "Be focused on on, on the on the end. You know, yeah. be, be focused on your vision. Be flexible on your mission. Yes. That means be focused on where you want to go. Be flexible yeah. about how you get there. Totally agree. Because yeah. you're go- you're going to have so many uh, setbacks along the way, things you can't p- predict. Yeah. I mean, we'll start something and COVID nineteen comes. You know, <laughs> okay. Oh, that's actually a time where we saw probably more creativity in the U.S. Yeah. and we've seen and things happen. More businesses started. Yep. Side hustles came out from nowhere." 
but it was a setback that that, yeah. that, that, that put it. And I heard someone say, if the arrow goes the arrow that goes the furthest yeah. is the one that was pulled back the most. Mm-hmm. And so it's like <clears throat> the ones that was had the biggest setback, yeah. the biggest hill to climb. And are you seeing that true? Like it seems as though people who've overcome an, another obstacle in their life, yeah. something difficult, when they try something new, they have tenacity. Totally, uh, absolutely, Eric. You know, and you're leading me to some some points I should have mentioned earlier. So, entrepreneurial resilience is something I would I would mention for a second. The other one I want to want to footnote back in on the qualities is creativity. I mean, I'd put an asterisk by that one. Yeah. Because um, that's ultimately like your ability to do what you were just referencing is. When you're in these crazy situations, you have to innovate and do something. You got to get creative. Right. And creativity is, is is such a huge success factor. But entrepreneurial resilience, touch on that, is I honestly, people that have had, whether it's personal hardships that mm-hmm. they've gone through, mm-hmm. business hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I even heard an investor one time say that just to underscore the importance of entrepreneurial resilience and just resilience in general. Is, is kind of back to relentless, I guess, a little bit. Right, right. Is, hey, don't come pitch to me until you can tell me about two or three big failures you've had. Right. Because what they want to say is, like, do you have the ability to get back up, dust yourself off, try something different? Because we're, we're going to all fail at some stuff that we try. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of the nature of how it goes in entrepreneurship. So right. do you have the ability to keep driving, pivot when you need to, be creative, but have that entrepreneurial resilience that I think is based on back to are you passionate do you believe in what you're doing you know etc that, that, that that's okay i wanted to touch on two more things as we begin to wind down yeah. what is opportunity cost to you mm. well my the first thing that comes to mind when you say that eric is what did i not do that i that i should have done oh, wow. that i'm now looking in the rearview mirror on i'm like dang it Right. Why didn't I? Oh, right. You know, I, I hesitated. Um, right. and so when I, when I hear that, I think of like things that I, I should have just, I used to race mountain bikes professionally. So oh, I would yeah. say like, oh, wow. hey, I should have shot that gap. I should have just gone for the jump instead of going around it. Why did right. I wimp out? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, because I broke both my arms last time. That's just, right. that's another, that did happen one time. <laughs> but that, but that I would, do. That, would be an Indian that was an opportunity event, cost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I do think about that in terms of like, hey, did what, um, you know, what did I miss? Yeah. by hesitating and right. not going for something where I, I felt like there were enough indicators because you're never going to know it all no. before you That's launch. That's so key, so key. I think yeah. you make a decision, and uh, there are people who want to have 100% clarity, but it's yeah. gone. And it's like I see it all the time in investing, like you know, tech stocks, boom, down, 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 yeah. down. I don't want to buy it, it's down. It may go down more, and then boom, it soars up. Yeah. And it's Warren Buffett says you pay a, a high price for a rosy outlook, right? <laughs> and, yes. Uh, but – it's kind of like with, 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 when you what you do, you, the entrepreneur doesn't have certainty it's going to work, right? If they do, then they, <laughs> you know, they're lying. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> then you don't just, trust them. Exactly. Okay, you're definitely yeah. not trustworthy. Yeah. So opportunity costs. Another way, I think, if I'm sitting in a job, and I'm like, you know, and there are people who absolutely should, you know, stay employed yeah. because it's it, it suits their their, their yeah. disposition, their constitution better, and very most for a lot of people actually. But then, but then there are people in that position that are they're saying, "Well, I'm doing, I'm making whatever X wage." Yeah. But if they if they would have made X plus Y, and an example mm-hmm. I ended up ended up talking to somebody is is they were they were before uh, they were an assistant in a, in a real estate company, and they said, "Well, what? But I, I think I could be a realtor." And but I'm making a wage that I need to have to afford my apartment, yeah. my car. But I want to be a realtor. 
But so when they ended up becoming a realtor, they found out that there was a cost they paid that they didn't know they paid mm-hmm. because they actually were good at it because they were yeah. sat there, they'd learned from other people, they'd seen it almost like a mentorship being there yeah. where they, they saw they, they did better than they thought they would. And mm-hmm. that was the opportunity cost. Yeah. And, and I think that's one thing in, in my heart that really wants to encourage entrepreneurs is it, it, there, there may be a cost you're, you're paying, you're not aware you're paying. It's really well said. And also, how do you... <clears throat> Uh, you have that energy to drive and yeah. go for it, knowing you'll knowing you'll have setbacks. And the thing I learned from a from a, a older entrepreneur, he says, "Eric, there's only one cost you shouldn't count." I said, "I don't understand. I mean, you should count all the costs, right?" He goes, "It's sunk cost. Mm. The cost you should think about is was it cost you to go ahead?" Yeah. So there, yeah. just how do you how do you invest knowing what you now know? Mm-hmm. What would you do, would you what would you do, do do differently? So so on what you're doing, I, I commend you. So relentlessness, clarity, passion, yeah. creativity. Do you think there's a limit to how many jobs can be created here, or how many? I mean, 500 is a huge number, but yeah. I mean, do you think that's that's amazing? I think we're undershooting. Yeah, undershooting. I think we're undershooting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I I. So there's an element of you have to be self-aspirational too of like if I say, hey, I bet I can jump one foot over that block over there, Eric, and you're like, well, yeah. And like, great. I just set a goal that I know I can achieve. So I want to set something that I feel like, "Mm, we have some work to do. Yeah. But if you don't set it up like that and push yourself into a stretch goal, right. then then you you often land exactly where you planned. That's so <laughs> which cool. Which is undershooting. That's, that's so cool. Do you do you think that just are you, are you trying to say that the very act of setting a goal, even if you don't get there, moves you further than you would totally. otherwise? Uh, for me personally, mm-hmm. yes, and I think that's part of how I'm, I'm wired. But I think I think a number of people that are wanting to be in a position to to grow, launch, lead stuff, set challenging goals for yourself, mm-hmm. and and don't. Don't kill yourself if you don't hit it exactly on that, but like that will aspire, you know, kind of aspire yourself, if you will, in some sense to do something bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was going to share is, is just on the entrepreneurial game and sport, if you will, in general, is based on a conversation I had uh, just last semester with um, Jason Pfeiffer, with the editor in chief of Entrepreneur. Oh, wow. And um, he, you know, just talked about just being such a, you know, entrepreneurship can be such a solo, lonely feeling journey. I mean, it gets all the hype and you see all the media and all this fun stuff. And, but actually in there, grinding it out, like in a startup, like it's pretty lonely. So <laughs> what I think is, is our ability is to create a connected network. Um, and I won't geek out on all the data, but if you can create networks where there's a community feeling of entrepreneurs that are all in it together, that's, that's really a diverse community, like that actually has some indicators for increased success. Um, to where you feel like there's a connected network of people that are <laughs> slugging it out, you know, celebrating each other, crying with each other when it yeah, doesn't work, that kind yeah, of thing. So we're, yeah. we're doing that organically in the background as well. Wow. It is a strategy. It's hard to control, but it's, mm-hmm. we're, we are very conscious on, on how we're doing that in the community as well. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, it, it, it's great to, to, to live in Greenville and to be, you know, affiliated somewhat with what you're doing at, at, at Furman yeah. and seeing all the jobs we create. I mean, 500, that's a lot. I mean, that's yeah. fantastic for yeah. restaurants. That's good for real estate. Yeah. That's good for commerce. It's good all, yeah. all the way around. Um, as we close, are there, are there any things you want to say to the person who's listening to this? It's like, man, I'm, I'm stuck at a nine to five. Yeah. You know, I want to do something <laughs> different. Please, somebody help me. Yeah. What should I do? Is there anything you, you'd, you'd recommend to that person? Uh, number one, Google GVL starts or the Hill Institute at Furman. Yeah. Come check us out. We can get you plugged into things. Um, no, but, but joking aside, I'd say, um, 
take some time to write down like what are things that you think you're passionate about and and that's easier for some people than others so oh sure what's stuff that you're interested in stuff that brings you joy what do you find yourself wanting to do on the weekends you know outside of your nine to five let's say that you're like i really enjoyed that is that a lot of times it can't just be a hobby but sometimes that can turn into something else um the other thing is i would challenge you maybe the last way to answer that is um, actually a book I really like out of the, the D school guys where it's called idea flow. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've mm-hmm. read that one yet, but, um, that really is helpful to me and a lot of people just every problem is an idea problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the quantity of ideas equals the quality is though they say a lot in that, in that mm-hmm. book and the notion of like just being an ideas person, mm-hmm. start, mm-hmm. start approaching the world as an ideas person. Oh, sure, sure. And a lot of times you, you, you start uncovering things. You're like, Oh, Hey, that could be cool. What if, then your brain starts piecing things together. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen if you're not letting the you know, faucet kind of open up of, of, of creativity. That's great. Good, yeah. good. Well, thank you, Brian, hey, for coming absolutely. on my show. I really, really, really appreciate pleasure, it. Pleasure, Eric. Absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining another episode of Stuttering the Way to Success with my, my guest, Brian Davis, who's the executive director of the Hill Institute of Furman University. Uh, th- thanks again, Brian. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Oh, a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you.